How's everybody doing? This is Andrew Escano with the Nosebleed Podcast. I just reviewed the podcast that I'm going to put out right now. And uh, I know I say that it's not edited. There are a few things here that I had to edit out. And you'll hear the beep because I do it manually. <laughs> I say it. Um, aside from that, listening this to the story, it's uh, I definitely break the fuck meter. As in, I say it too much. And um, with this PC culture going on right now, not a good look. But I think it's a good story. I'm going to leave it the way it is. And who knows? Maybe I'll have it. Maybe I'll say it again. Maybe I'll refine it. So with that, I hope you enjoy. Thanks. Good morning, guys. Welcome to the Nosebleed Podcast. I'm Andrew, and I'm walking Max. The other podcast, no Max walk, and a lot of nonsense. <laughs> Maybe you got some better nonsense when I'm walking Max. We got some old ladies doing Zumba. What's good? You can hear that in the background. We got the sun's out. The sun's out. Speaking of which, being here in the Philippines, nobody likes the sun. Everyone is just so averse to the sun. That's why everybody here is needlessly vitamin D deficient. It's like, it's like the fucking, it's like the fucking Irish when they died of a potato famine, but they wouldn't eat lobster, which Ireland was full of because they thought it was cockroaches of the sea. That's true, but lobster is mad expensive. Y'all could have just gone to the ocean and fished, but no, they had a fucking potato famine. Let's see. Can you hear that in the background? Uh, uh, uh. Everyone should be in the sun here, especially during COVID. Everybody should be getting sun exposure. 30 minutes, 45 minutes. All those skin cancer studies, that's all for fucking pasty white people. We're dark here. Unless you're, you know, unless you've completely compromised your immune system by destroying the organ. That is your skin with all these glutathione and all these whitening products slowly, slowly destroying the protective organ of your body. For vanity, you dumb, dumb fucks. Anyway, let's see, what do we talk about? Right, alright. Um, we're going to talk about China. China, my favorite topic. Well, third favorite topic. So what about China? Well, I fucked one of their <laughs> daughters. <laughs> so when I was in Houston, I was working as a med tech. I was there, I was... I was kind of struggling to find money, but I had a roof over my head thanks to my tita, who was extremely gracious. Thank you very much. She let me stay. And aside from that, I was kind of lonely. You know, you you spend seven years in the Philippines. You spend seven years in Cebu without going back. Even if you are, quote unquote, an American, going back there, it's going to feel a little, it's going to feel a little off. I made all the friends that I made from 17 to 23 on a different, in a different country, on a different island for that matter. So I felt really alone in Houston. I was drinking a lot. I'm still drinking a lot, but I was drinking way, way more when I was in Houston. I was doing dumb shit. I was, I was working, sure, but I wasn't altogether there. I was a little off. I was in a shit relationship that was long distance because I'm not a fucking quitter. Unlike you bitches, I don't quit. So, essentially, I would 
find different meetups, different things online, and I would try to make friends. The most successful one would have to be the trivia meetup. <clears throat> it was on the complete opposite side of town. I was northwest Houston. I was in the northwest area of Houston by Jersey Village, and this place was all the way on the other side, going all the way southwest. But it was worth it. It was it was worth it. And what the fuck are you eating, Max? What are you eating? Jesus, fucking people here leave food for these cats, which I'm call I'm gonna have these cats exterminated. Fuck these stupid people. These cats have fucking herpes in their eyes and chlamydia in their eyes and they're they're going around blind. They're like a day old looking like Dawn of the fucking dead. We're calling animal control on this bitch. Anyway, so this trivia was by far the best. I met a lot of friends that I'm still close to, that I still talk with. Um, my friend Brad, we saw fucking run the jewels together at the House of Blues. We got barbecue. We got barbecue with fucking, where is that? Lockhart with that group. Like, that was, that was the Wednesday group that I fucking loved. And all we did was trivia. And, you know, the, the trivia prize at this little pub called Molly's Pub, it was, it was what, a free beer? Two free beers? It was nothing. But it was, it was the camaraderie. It was being there with people who you can kind of agree with are super nerds. <laughs> and just drink. Rosie, one of my faves, Rosie moved to China. Rosie is somewhere like in Guangzhou right now, teaching them how to speak English so they can steal bigger ideas than what they do now. <laughs> but that's not who I'm talking about. I'm talking about a girl who I can't even, I can't mention her name. A lot of people here whose names I can't mention, like the last podcast, in fear of getting shot. So, this person I met on a, like a healthcare meetup. It was a meetup and mixer for healthcare professionals around the Houston Medical Center. And, you know, you just go out and get a couple drinks. This is by, by, mind you, mind you, the Texas Medical Center, Houston Medical Center, whatever, we'll call it Texas Medical Center, is in a really cool area, like the coolest area. There's a bunch of really swanky bars just down the street. You take the, you take the little train. There's just so much going on because it's also next to a university. It's next to Rice University, which by the way, Rice University women were gorgeous. Holy shit. Even the fucking med students were just dime pieces. Anyway, so I went to this medical mixer. I'm trying to do my thing, trying to talk, trying to be Mr. Cool. And I notice there's this Chinese girl who's sitting by herself in a red cocktail dress built like a Brazilian. Now let me tell you, let me tell you, this doesn't happen. You don't get, you don't get women from Beijing with a blowout ass, the feathered hair, and fuck it, she, you don't. You know, she was, she was shaped like a Coke bottle if a Coke bottle was 38-25-38. She's <laughs> ridiculous. And of course, since uh, I am a fool and I have no personal concept of control, I thought, eh, 
yeah, I'll, I'll go up to her. So she's there. She's drinking a she's drinking a cocktail of some kind. She's drinking like a oh what was she drinking? She was drinking a martini. She's drinking a martini with like two olives in it. So I'm there trying to talk to this lady, and she's giving me nothing. She's just kind of looking at me. She's going yeah, haha. No response. I'm I don't know what I'm doing wrong. Of course, of course, okay. I'm kind of dumb. I'm not very smart. If you've listened to this podcast at all, you can tell I'm not a fucking genius. But she was just holding the cards. I don't know if she was unimpressed, but she wasn't trying to get me to leave. It's like there, I, I, I couldn't, I didn't know. I didn't know. This is exactly how, this is exactly how people get labeled a creep. I don't, I don't know. What am I supposed to read the room on a woman with a blowout ass? What room are we reading? So, I just kind of stick to my guns. <laughs> I roll the dice. This is a meetup. She's a stranger. And then all of a sudden, I come back. I didn't want to get a beer. I wanted to get like a cocktail that would impress her. And at the time, my go-to cocktail to impress people was like a Boulevardier. <laughs> because old fashions were too dumb. We're too basic. Like, like old fashions are like for. Oh, speaking of which, shit. Old fashions are for. Are like the the strawberry daiquiri, of basic ass men. So I got a Boulevardier. I immediately go, sit down next to her, and she's like, "Let's go somewhere else." I'm like, "Fuck! All right, dog. We're going somewhere. We're going. We're make traction." I, I didn't think that I was going to get my gut cut open and my kidney placed in a fucking freezer while she calls 1-800-TAKE-MY-ORGANS-NOW. <clears throat> I didn't think about that, but that could have definitely been a possibility. So we went to another bar, and it was, it was in downtown Houston. It was, it was like, on, like in one downtown or something like that. It was, it was fancy, but Houston, Houston fancy, especially downtown... Still has a kind of down-home, college vibe to it. It could be in a wonderful, great area. It's still got a little bit of wild in it. So we're there in this bar, and it's, got, it's full of obvious millionaire kids throwing insane amounts of money in what looks like an overblown honky-tonk bar. <laughs> so, so we're there. And she actually starts asking questions. Like, she, she wants to get to know me. And I was like, whoa. That doesn't happen. Women don't ask those questions. They just kind of talk about themselves. Crazy. So we start getting the conversation lighter. I find out about her. She finds out a little bit about me. I find out that she's an investment banker for the biggest hospital in the Houston Medical Center. She's only 28. I find out that, you know, she's she's the child of an editor back in Shanghai. And I was like, "Wow. Chief editor. Whoa. For the for the biggest publication." And she's like, "The only publication." I was like, "Oh, state-run media. Oh, your mom is a censor. Oh, you connected like that." So, so yeah, we exchange numbers, 
and I don't immediately leave. Like when, when you get a number, don't leave. Stay. Stay for like 10, 15 minutes. Don't make the number look like the goal, even if men always make the number the goal. That's fucking stupid. Like, yeah, I got her number, bro. That doesn't matter. What matters is if she answers the fucking call. So let her invest more time. You invest more time. So a couple, couple weeks pass. We're calling, we're texting, and like two weeks later, we're going on a date. I called her and I said, hey, well, no, two weeks? Like a week and a half. She would always go out on Thursday. Like that was her day to go out because it's like Saturday and Sunday. She spent like the whole weekend studying markets to crush it on Monday. <laughs> so, so we went out that Thursday and she's in this beautiful, beautiful fucking black cocktail dress, little black thing. And I don't know how somebody can walk in that in the whole getup with the torture spikes on her heels. I, I don't know, but she did. And it was a wonderful date. So more <laughs> details on that date. Not going to give a lot of details, but there's, there's the first sign of something odd. Aside from her just being kind of cold and aloof, um, in her apartment, she had, first off, she had this beautiful view of the city. And her apartment was apparently that in the same building that that bar we went to was. So she only had oatmeal and Peruvian beer in her refrigerator. And she had this whole setup, like a sub-zero fridge, beautiful linens, gorgeous bed. Like it was a place meant for like a fucking king or queen. And I thought, wow, my ass making $60,000 a year, staring at whatever millions and millions and millions a hedge fund manager for the largest hospital could make. I was kind of like, whoa, all right different level but I kept my cool like anytime I'm around like money I pretend not to be impressed actually I actively get mad (laughs) actively get like look at this motherfucker with a yacht who the fuck cares about a yacht what are you riding into the sunset with these hoes they don't like you for you they like you for the yacht do you care probably not you shallow fuck that's how my that's how my brain works so I, I, I ask her, can I get one of these beers? And she's like, no. Oh, okay. Cool. You just got that dick delivery on time. No rush. You're not going to let me have a beer? Okay, that's cool. I respected it. I left. Next situation, St. Patrick's Day. St. Patrick's Day, and she's dressed to the fucking gills clearly grabbing attention we go around it it's the most the most white dudes that i've had to fight off of a single woman ever every five seconds every 30 seconds hey can i get you a shot can i get your girl shot hey are you together are you not hey are you just friends hey are you related y'all look the same we don't but it's houston and you know they're they're not they don't mean bad like i'm not going to take that situation and go, oh my God, you're so racist. She's clearly Chinese. I'm clearly Philippine. 
I don't know. What, what do you expect me to know the difference between a Seminole and a Hopi? Stop it. So we're going back and then she gets a little drunk. She never, she never gets drunk though. Like she would always have maybe one or two, keep her composure 100%. And that's about it. She would be blank. Even, even in intimate situations, it's almost like, it's almost like she's not there. Does that make any sense? It's, it's weird, but she's gorgeous, and I am a fucking dummy, so I keep going at it. That night, she says, hey, Drew, I want to take you on a date. I'm like, all right, girl, where are we going? We going to getting tacos, baby? What are we doing? (laughs) And she said, no. She said, do you have a tuxedo? And fortunately, I do have a tuxedo. It's a cheap tuxedo. It's very obviously a cheap tuxedo, but I have a tuxedo. I'm like, yeah. She's like, all right, cool. Well, Wednesday next week, there's going to be a ball for another hospital. Pick me up at this time. It'd be best if we get an Uber or a taxi because we're not going to find parking around the area. I'm like, all right, where, where is it? It's at the Hilton. And I was like, all right, cool. So I get this fucking tuxedo on. Mind you, uh, I'm living in a place that's not that great. I'm living in the back house of my cousin's friend who's a great guy and who gave me... Well, Max, what are you doing? So I'm living in the back house of my cousin's friend, and he's a great guy, and he gave me a place to stay because he knew I was saving money. He knew I was saving money to try to get back to the Philippines to go to medical school. I've been planning medical school since, like, 2015, guys. So, Max, why are you eating poop? Get the fuck out. So I get this cheap tuxedo on, and I'm getting ready to pick her up, and I feel like such a fraud. I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. Like, this is... This is not my league. I don't know what she sees in me. I don't have an emotional connection. I'm kind of grasping at one. Like, I kind of want one. Because you feel like you struck out. It's... It's a weird, weird feeling. Either way, put the face on, get in the taxi, pick her up at work, the mat, and she came down in business attire and then threw on a coat and it immediately looked like a million bucks. I was like, jeez. She had the fucking red bottom shoes, whatever they're called. She knew how to walk, clack, 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 and she knew how to look at everyone. So she gave me the ticket and she and it said, blank hospital annual ball featuring the 2015 Houston Rockets. I was like, oh lord, what am I fucking doing here? I want to meet the 2015 Rockets? Shit. So, so we go there, we're sitting, we're drinking, there's cocktails, everyone is, everyone is interested, but like fake interested. And I remember having to go into my pocket and pull out like whatever foundation and whatever organization that I'm a part of. It's like, oh yeah, I'm a part of the American Society for Clinical Pathologists. 
Uh, I'm also an active member of Houston 2.0, which is actually a tech, a tech promotion here in Houston for the medical community. And they're like, oh yeah, that's great. Cl clearly they can smell the average on me. <laughs> they can, they can fucking look at me up and down and be like, yeah, you're, you're probably not at all supposed to be here. So we take our seats, we're eating. My date barely touches anything. She's having like a salad. And Kevin McHale gets the microphone and starts talking. Thank you very much for your contributions to the blah, blah, blah hospital foundation. And yeah, our rockets just got out of a game. So they're in the showers right now. They should be out shortly. And then out of the back comes like fucking Dwight Howard. Dwight Howard pops up and it's the first time I've seen anybody that tall since Shaq. It's Jesus, just a fucking massive person. And he's shaking hands and he immediately locks eyes with my date. And he goes directly to her, looks her up and down, smiles, shakes hand, and then goes away. And I can't say that didn't sting a little bit but I also totally get it. Then James Harden shows up from the same back entrance and immediately locks eyes with who? Chinese girl with the fake tits and the Brazilian ass. That's exactly who he sees. So he goes up to her, shakes her hand, does the thing, and walks away. And you can fucking, <laughs> you can fucking go down the list from Papa Nicolau to fucking Dorsey, fucking Patrick Beverly, all going around looking at my take going, oh shit. And I didn't have the confidence to hold it down, which is the worst, the worst. Ugh. So that night, my ego's a little bit bruised. I'm trying to play it cool, but I also really, really want to drink. As we go down, she can kind of sense that I'm a little off at that moment. So she looks at me, she grabs my shoulders, she kind of looks me straight in the eye and she said, are you a fan of Chopin? And I said, yeah, yeah, I know chopping, chopping it all night long, yeah. No, I didn't say that. <laughs> I just looked at her and I said, yeah, of course I'm a fan. And she's like, are you familiar with any of the nocturnes? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, of course. So there's this grand piano in, in, like the, in the lobby of that Hilton. And she goes directly to that. And I know exactly what's going to come. Because, once again, Chinese overachiever, she kills it. She does this fucking concerto that draws a crowd. And people are just watching. I can practically hear the footsteps of people coming downstairs trying to listen to who the fuck is playing that and then she just closes it ignores everybody else around her and goes directly to me and pulls me out to the front entrance that was her way of saying i'm with you fucking g that's such a g I, have you ever heard of something more gangster like non-violent gangster. That wasn't that blew my fucking mind. So Yeah, so after I leave her apartment, she uh she says, "Hey, 
next week, what are you doing? And I was like, huh, let's, let's get lunch. Next week rolls by. We're getting tacos. It's at Torchy's Tacos. And uh, she shows up 30 minutes late. I don't like when people are late and don't tell you. Like, I've, I've often said that I'm not that big of a stickler for time, but that's because I kind of, I kind of think that people have a basic concept of time. And every woman that I've ever dated, including my current girlfriend, has no fucking concept of time. An hour is two hours. Two hours is five hours. And it's always, did, did, what, what's more important? I was like, all right, fine. So, CCP Princess shows up 30 minutes late. I'm a little agitated. And I immediately see what she's wearing. And that goes away. It's like a, it, it's like a wife beater that's really long. And she's not wearing a bra. And she's wearing a black thong. And I have no idea what's going on. And I can't even think. Like, I'm not registering words. I'm, I'm eating a taco. And I can't think of the taco. I can't tell you what kind of taco it was. I can't tell you which Torchy's tacos it was. I can only tell you for a fact that CCP Princess was wearing the flyest shit. If not even the flesh. She was like, it was like a trick. It was like a magic trick. Poof, your brain is gone. It belongs to me. Ha 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 ha. And she sits down and she's really warm. And I'm not used to that from her. She's bubbly. She's laughing. She's just not her cold, typical, aloof, calculated self. And she says, Drew. And she puts her hand on my hand. And she says, I want to get married. And I look at her and I go, whoa. I look at her and I said, huh. Married, huh? I've, I've always prided myself on acting like I can be cool in situations. But if you look at all my mannerisms, it's the opposite of cool. You can tell I'm freaking out. I just pretend like I'm cool. <laughs> I said, married, huh? She said, yes. She said, I really like you. And I think this could happen. And I want to know if you're interested. And in my head, it didn't register. Did this fucking bitch just propose to me? Did I just get proposed to? God damn. Supposed to be the other way around. And I was not even thinking about that. She's, she said, I was born and raised in China. And I think, oh, fuck. She said, and I can't really get to the next level of where I want to be if I'm not a citizen. And I said, where is that next level? And she said, politics. I was like, oh. She waited for my reaction. Mine was a kind of shock, but whatever. She said, my mom has a lot of friends that wants to donate to a presidential candidate, but they're not allowed to because of these pesky laws. And I thought, 
okay. And she held my other hand and she said, it's just people trying to help people, but in America, you can only help if you're an American. And that's not right. And I'm thinking, is she asking for a green card marriage? She said, just think about it. Just think about it, okay? I was like, oh, okay. I remember, okay. That is the day. That is the day that, or that weekend where the new Jurassic Park movie with Chris Pratt and the fucking Velociraptor taming thing happens. We go to see that movie and she's just super feisty in the movie theater. She's just not even, she's just pawing. She's, it's, I don't know what's going on. I'm, I don't know how to handle it. So, shit, we get out of the movie and she says, hey, Drew. I was like, yeah. Um, you want to go furniture shopping with me? I was like, oh, fuck, okay, what are, what are we doing? So we get into my car, we go to the nicest furniture shop in all of Houston, and she's goes directly to the lady, tells her to get a piece of paper, and just starts pointing at things, and then saying, I want the product numbers of these. And we're sitting down on this couch while this lady is in the back trying to figure out the product numbers for like $100,000 worth of fucking beds and mirrors and shit. And she said, what do you think our flooring should be like? Oh, what? She'd say shit like, wouldn't this couch look really, really great in a new place? What? And then she laid it on me. Bam. She said, look, Drew. I know you have your life and I know you have your career. And so do I. But this is very important to me. And if you were willing to help me out. We only have to be married for five or so years. We can go on trips. You can still work. You don't have to give up your job. But I'm willing to pay you $200,000 for this. Mind you, I'm... $200,000 is a lot of money for anybody. Here I am with a 60 grand a year job. I got a minor cocaine habit. I drink a lot. (laughs) And I'm trying to scrounge together enough cash just to just to go back to another girl just to go back to this this woman that fucking took my emotions and held it in a vice in a vault and at the time we were on a break because some weird cheating shit happened but it didn't matter because that's what I wanted or at least that's what I thought I wanted and fuck $200,000 I'm not I'm dumb but I'm not that dumb I'd know, I'd know how to turn that money into a million. There are people that you can call when you have 200,000. There are people that are willing to help you when you have money. When when you're broke, no one gives a fuck about you. You're nothing. You're of no value to the people that really generate value. Unless you're like a, unless you're like a fucking saxophonist in a subway and, and, and the fucking head of Christie's auction house sees you and says, I want you to play and I'll build you a name. Aside from that, it doesn't happen. So I'm at a loss. The money hit me like, like a ton of bricks. 
and I didn't know how to process it. So I go home. I can't sleep. I have work the next day. I, I didn't... I, what I did was I called my parents. <laughs> I called my parents and I said, yo, this crazy Chinese bitch is going to pay me $200,000 for a green card marriage. Should I do it? And my dad is like, $200,000 is a lot of money. And my mom was like, no, absolutely not. Absolutely not. Can you be bought? What are you, a prostitute? You can be bought? And I'm thinking, prostitutes get like $500. Like, this is 200 grand for five years. I mean, that's... That's not a bad investment, making 200 grand in five years. Like, who, who, else, who else would make that for basically banging the hottest Chinese girl you've ever seen? That's 40,000 extra dollars in income on top of the 60 grand, and I get to live in a beautiful apartment with some crazy, crazy, crazy woman. But she fucking hated the idea. And, uh... I didn't like it either. Like, the money was enticing, but I've never been about the money. I'm about the money now that I'm 30, and I have to be about the money. But when you're in your 20s, and you just want to experience the world, and you want to experience psychosis, you want to, you want to do that extra bump, you want to get that extra shot in, you want, to, you want to say, fuck it, go up to that girl. Who knows, maybe that girl is the CCP princess and is going to offer you close to a quarter of a million dollars just a banger I said no I said no and I was a pussy and I said but I'm still willing to hang out and she smiled and she left and she didn't call back just just like that just done she eventually did call back though she called on St. Patrick's Day of 2016. And she called from, I, I knew it was her number because even if I deleted it, had a new phone, she always kept the same Manhattan number. 917, area code 917. It's not Globe, people, that's Manhattan. I never knew why she had that Manhattan number, but because she, she lived in Houston and she went to Duke. But who knows? You'll never know. She called me up and she said, you know, I really miss you. What? She's like, yeah, I've been thinking about you lately. And I remember how much fun we had at St. Patrick's Day. And I just wanted to see how you are. I'm like, I'm doing fine. I'm living my life. I'm, 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 I'm traveling medical scientist now. I'm in Los Angeles. And she said, oh, where at? I said, Cedar sinai And she said, you made it to Cedar sinai As if it was like the fucking hardest thing of all time to get. Fucking bitch. And I said, yeah, Cedar sinai She said, oh, well, maybe I can go down to L.A., and I said, well, when you do, hit me up. Click. Come to find out, she went to Washington, D.C. She found a guy. <laughs> she found a guy whose last name... Beep! 
she's still the hedge fund manager of this massive hospital in Houston. And she also manages a hedge fund for a think tank in Washington, DC. She's a full-fledged green card holder. She controls two different money bags and she is in the nation's capital right now, which is the most embattled place in the United States. To this day, I don't know which presidential candidate she wanted to give money to. Everybody wants to say it's Donald Trump. I highly doubt that. I highly doubt that. Anyway, that's the story of a CCP princess. Thank you for listening. I, I don't edit these things, so hopefully... Hopefully it can, you know, come out good. If I was annoying to you, sorry. If I was offensive to you, not sorry. But I hope you enjoyed. Thank you.